0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member of FDIC. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski.
1: Second hour of the program, 6th and Peabody, our location, with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Next time you're in Music City, hang out with us at 6th and Peabody. <laughs> We're going to be previewing the Packers and the Vikings outlook from the NFC North coming up in about 20 minutes. Later in the show, SEC headlines and SEC discussion from some scrimmages over the weekend. Uh, In particular, Alabama and Auburn. And we'll take a deeper look at Auburn and their quarterback play. Uh, Again, that's coming up in hour number three. Uh, SEC is where we should start as we kick off hour number two with John Calipari and uh, Mark Stoops going back and forth. Over the basketball school comment that Calipari made. Where was he playing in so the tournament? So they were,
2: they were in the Bahamas. I, I, I laughed because I saw, I went back and watched the video because I remember some Kentucky Homer media person said, You've got to really understand the context oh, of like, these yeah, comments like before you're going to jump to conclusions about what he was saying. And I went back and watched the video. I'm like, the context is exactly the way the quote read. I mean, there's yeah. no difference in the way John Calipari says it and the way it appears on print. But it was funny because I was like, is he having people in his living room? It was just a big open air grand room somewhere. Like a ballroom. And he's like leaned back in a chair and there's just reporters sitting around talking to him. But it was at the house they rented in the Bahamas. For this tournament they were in i think is what where he had media availability that's why it looked the way it did
1: yeah and and he you know he sits back what what he's lobbying for he wants a new practice facility where in 2000 what was it 2006 2007 when they built this thing and at the time it was the -the state-of-the-art practice facility I don't even know if um, – I was reading where they don't even have a team meeting room in this place, and I'm thinking, like, did you double the size of your program since, 20, yeah, since how could 2007? Like, how do you build a facility that's, in 2006 how not, without them? How do you not have a team meeting room? Which, I mean, I'm sure they did at one time. Uh, they had a leak issue. Um, I don't know how bad the issue uh, – he's he's trying to keep up with the Joneses, right? And, and at Kentucky, he knows if he cries about it, even once, he's – Things will happen. Things will happen, right. Well, Mark Stoops, more power to you, man, because I loved his response to this, um, where I'll, I'll paraphrase, but it was, hey, I stay in my lane, and my program, this program, the football program, was not born on third base. That is an incredible response to the basketball coach at Kentucky, which... By the way, is a basketball school, uh, like it or not, and um, he he went on to say we did a lot of work. He's talking about the ten win seasons and what they've done over the ten years he's been there. We and then he stresses again we did a lot of work with our program to get it where it is. There is a ton of friction there, and Calipari flippantly saying this brought it out publicly. This feels a lot... I, when I heard it and I heard his response, it feels a lot like Saban and Jimbo, where there has been some friction behind the scenes on certain programs getting certain things. Again, just my... Just trying to read between the lines and how you respond to it. This, this would not happen with Rick Barnes and Josh Heupel no. if roles are reversed. This would not happen... Uh, if you start to look around at other—again, we're looking at individual universities that are having success. This wouldn't have happened at North Carolina, for instance, where they come in and Carolina football starts to have a bit of success with with Brown as the head coach at, if, with on the gridiron, and roles are reversed. But at Kentucky— we come off a 10-win season and things are rocking and rolling and you're picked number two in the East and it's time to go catch Georgia instead of catch the teams ahead of, ahead of you to get to Georgia. The last thing you need is any perception within the athletic program you work for and the, the attention that you deserve from that group and the donors and the money, especially in the NIL era, looking anywhere else except for your football team going into football season. And there, there, this is not going away. No matter how much Barnhart up there wants to say this is a media-driven storyline, I'm sorry, but the 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 response by the head football coach says otherwise.
2: Well, and here's here's the damning part of what John Calipari said: the underlying part of all of this. There's a lot of not even thinly veiled shots at each side coming coming from each right. side. When you say you know we're we're a basketball school, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm giving you the impression of the way John Calipari, how smug he sounded as he was talking about it. And he's a smug guy. That's his, that's his personality. He is an arrogant, smug dude. Uh, I've grown to like him a little bit more over the years than I once did. He but has, he's, been, he has he's been more like He's a smug guy. But he says, you know, we're, we're a basketball school at Kentucky. This isn't Alabama or Georgia. Those are huge strikes right there because what you right. are saying to everyone is – Why would you go play for Mark Stoops at Kentucky when you could go play at a football school? That's what Mark Stoops hears. Like it or not, whether you agree with that or not, Mark Stoops is thinking, damn it, Cal, this is what we face in recruiting every day. If I call up a kid in Trustville and I tell him, come to Kentucky, they're saying, why would I go there when I can go to Auburn, Alabama, or Georgia? These
0: are football schools. And now he's hearing it from inside.
2: Now you've got the basketball coach confirming everything that he's fighting uphill against at Kentucky, to build a football program. And now not just he's not building it. He's built it to try to sustain it in an NIL era where, let's face it, he's cried about this, Mark Stoops has. They're not up to snuff with the rest of the conference, some of the big boys in football NIL. You know who is? John Calipari in Kentucky in basketball. Go look at their recruiting class. You think those guys are there for free? Their NIL in basketball is right where it needs to be to be a national championship contender. Now, the other side of this, okay? When Calipari says these dumb things, and then Mark Stoops fires back on Twitter, and then it enrages everyone, John Calipari did come back and say, I should not have talked about another program in my own athletic department, and I've reached out to Mark, and I'll try again. It's getting to be on Mark Stoops a little bit now. Answer the guy's call. If he wants to call and talk about it, he wants to apologize to you, answer his call and then you guys can talk about it. I think it's pretty clear Mark Stoops doesn't want to talk about it right now with John Calipari. Now the third side of this. Mitch Barnhart looks like an idiot. Uh, Mitch Barnhart, I don't care about the budget right now. You built a $25 million practice facility for your football program. Great. That's smart business in today's SEC. Don't be calling press conferences blaming the media for something your head basketball coach that makes a ton – said, and then your football coach took offense to and tweeted. It wasn't the media that stirred this up. It was Mark Stoops' response. That's what stirred this thing up. The media just covered it. So don't act like this is some media creation that caused all this. Here's the other thing. If you want a successful basketball program, you want to win another national championship, I wouldn't be sitting there calling out the head basketball coach saying, well, he's not getting that practice facility. So tough. Deal with it. Basically threaten the guy. If you don't like it, leave You know, to John Calipari if you don't like the way things are done. I thought Mitch Barnhart looked bad. I think John Calipari looks bad. I think Mark Stoops looks great to his team for defending them. I think the longer this goes on without him ta- re- responding to a call from John Calipari, I think he starts to look bad too. Good news is if you don't like Kentucky, I don't think that any of this is good for Kentucky Athletic Department.
0: Well, that's fine that Cal's reaching out now, but the damage is done. And like you said – His own basketball coach is saying the same things that people use against him from other schools. I don't even
1: think it's about the other schools, Paul. I I know, but it's punching down. It's what they used against him at his own school, and he's finally gaining traction, and now you have Calipari against it.
0: It's punching down for Cal. Like, why does Cal need to engage in this at all? Cal's probably (laughs) getting what he wants at Kentucky. Like you say, mention it once, and people come out of the woodwork to, to give you what you want. It doesn't – none of this – he, he shouldn't have like, said anything about stoops and it's, football. It's, he shouldn't Why is he jealous it, of a 10-win football it's, team? It's not
1: well, – because the, the 10-win football team is getting all the new shiny things and they're talking about Kentucky the way you talk about top football teams in the SEC.
0: Well, go deal with your I athletic mean, director behind the scenes well, and, and your boosters. You don't need to take it public.
2: And I mentioned it before. It's not. This is not just about a fight for money from the athletic department or the athletic director for a facility. This is something that is very internal, and clearly it is eating at both men. Yes. You've got John Calipari, who is clearly angry that the football program is getting $25 million, and he's sitting there talking to his AD saying, the guy won 10 <laughs> games at one time. It's like, great. What would he do? They won the Citrus Bowl against Iowa. Great. I'm trying to win national championships. We compete for national titles here. The football program is never going to do that.
0: Everybody got, knows that.
2: You've got Mark Stoops out there publicly petitioning for NIL funds. Well, who's he competing against for those NIL funds? He's competing against the basketball coach. So I guarantee Which you, there's been, word has been getting back through boosters and everyone else. Hey, Coach Cal said, you know, give us some of that money for this five-star recruit from Philadelphia that we, we need to bring in. And then Mark Stoops is saying to the same guys, we need your help with football. If we're going to sustain this, there's not enough money to go around. They
1: feel like they're robbing from the same pot To pay an NIL, I think
2: there's a deeper thing
1: going on here. Here's here's the thing. I don't think Calipari really wants Stoops to pick up the phone. Because in his own apology, he says at the very end of it, in a tweet or whatever he sent out, he said, now I'll go back to doing what I've done for the last 30 years, which is coaching my team and blocking out the clutter. That, That I just created. That is exactly what Stoops should do right now, is block out John Calipari. But he's been trying to block out the clutter, speaking on Stoops now, for the last decade, where he's trying to build this program up and, and take it up a stair-step incline, uh, slowly but surely, as he's now the second-longest tenured coach in the SEC, and he's seen the progress of that. He, they just had their first 10-win season. The media's buying in now. They, they have a quarterback that has a ton of talent, and they're trying to put it together. They should have one of the top running backs in the SEC, Uh, on their roster, and they're always consistent on defense. So the the chase is on for Georgia instead of trying to keep tabs with Florida and Tennessee and South Carolina and and the like. Now those teams are trying to get where Kentucky is in order to make that next leap. And now you have Calipari, who, uh, by the way, he's not wrong. It, It is a basketball school. But the difference is, Stoops has got it to a point where you have the basketball school caring about football in a passionate way, and that's great. And I, I you know, the, it dug in, and it's not cannot be the first time Stoops has heard that, but it's the first time he's heard it publicly.
0: Also, like Stoops is not foolish; he understands he's at a basketball school. He's not going to be able to change that single-handedly in short order. He's got to work around NIL for potentially fifteen guys at the basketball program probably not going to be all 15, but that's in place at Kentucky. Like whatever shifts in terms of money for, for athletes is going to affect basketball first there. And he's going to have to build on top of that. He's not going to be able to take away from that. It's pretty naive if he thinks he's going to take away from that.
2: Here's what John Calipari tweeted uh, to be exact with the line at the end that Hutton you had mentioned says, quote, I was told about com- – this is what's funny. I was told about comments Mark Stoops made in his press conference. I reached out to Mark. didn't bother to look at it, which was available for yeah. everyone to see. I reached out to Mark Thursday. That was when the comment was initially made by Calipari. Reached out on Thursday, and we'll try again. Comparing our athletic department to others was my bad. I have supported Mark and the football team through good and bad. I will continue to support them and cheer them on, and now I'll do what I've done for 30 years, coach my team and block out the clutter that from john calipari john calipari has been at kentucky now for 13 seasons he has one national championship if i told you that when he was hired in 2009 from memphis after just taking memphis to the national championship game and losing because of a mario chalmers three at the buzzer uh, to lose to kansas and i told you after 13 years he would have one national title we
0: had a said huge disappointment. so
2: yes.
1: But that, the, that's the born-on-third comment. But why, we would have said that because Kentucky's a basketball school.
0: Well, the born-on-third comment is and, that they had a lot of national championships before he got
1: there. And Kentucky's well, a basketball school. Yeah, and that's kid- why we have the perception of that. If I tell you that uh, Mark Stoops isn't going to play for an SEC championship and he's going to be here a decade from now, we're, not, we, we're probably not nearly as surprised no. by, that, by that prediction.
2: Yeah, Kentucky is a program that every year you, you, you consider for the Final Four. You feel like the goal is Final Four and let's win a national championship. But this is – we talked earlier about Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, those programs. That's Kentucky in hoops annually. Yes. And it should be that way regardless of who's coaching the team. that That's how much of a basketball school it is. I saw uh, – I think it was Seth Davis tweet out, if Kentucky isn't a basketball school, then basketball schools don't exist. <laughs> I mean, of course they are a, a basketball school, but – I think we all understand that you don't need to state that out loud. And the biggest problem was going on and saying, here are football schools. We are a basketball school. And when you're comparing it to your football program, getting what they wanted a $25 million facility, and you're not, you can see how that's going to cause some division in the athletic. Department. Also, you
0: hinted at this earlier. I'd like to talk to the architect from 20, 20- Oh, the 2006 who didn't build the building that is sustainable yeah, and in 20 and i don't know what's wrong
1: with it but they like i just i i see I, you know i hear that they're not always meeting in these in in the practice facility now and the the team meeting room i'm saying yeah. and i don't know the specifics of it um what i do know is um this is not th- this is one of those things that's going to linger right like this especially because oh, yeah. uh, the fractured department well it's it's how barnhart responded to it that was very interesting he said that we're not going to be an entitled athletic department, um, but one who earns it, or something to that extent. In his statement, um, and that's exactly what Stoops has done. I mean, he's like he's forty-seven and twenty-nine in ten years. They've gone to six straight bowl games.
0: I mean, that sounds like he's on Stoops' side. That he, because yeah, it does. Cal is an entitled guy.
1: Yeah, but not it, that he doesn't work. It's also, I think that there,
2: I mean, let's look at. What have you done for me lately? The last time we saw Kentucky on the court, they were right. getting beat by St. Peter's. Yeah. So you think that but that's not on, the, on the mind of Mitch Barnhart when can, when John Calipari is causing these problems, with these uh, comments
1: for him? But what we don't hear, and it's been reported, so I shouldn't say we don't hear it at all, um, but what Calipari is not pointing out is Oscar Shiboy is getting reported six figures for playing in the Bahamas in this tournament that they're in. So, like, show me the the Kentucky player, that's going to be playing week one. That's making that type of money. So it, there is still a different level. And this is to me, it, it, Calipari's not wrong, but don't, he, there was already some smoke and he added a little fuel to it. And now you got a flame, well, a, a visible one.
2: I think now you also have the very easy jokes that will follow yeah. when Kentucky loses a game that, oh, here's John Calipari uh, popping popcorn and laughing it up at his Wildcats losing, and the same thing you know deep down. Both these men are rooting against the other one. Every time Kentucky gets upset in a game, there's going to be jokes about Mark Stoops laughing it up at Cal's expense. You don't want that within your own athletic department.
0: And nobody's saying, well, they got the right AD to fix it.
1: who Who's, who's at Kentucky longer, Calipari or Stoops? If you're if you're putting money on it now.
2: I'm putting money on stoops for sure. Both age and uh, I think stoops will be there longer if he if he wants to be. He's still gonna have other opportunities. He's had opportunities to leave. But
1: if you win six or seven games a year, I mean
0: it's a lifetime Here's the thing about Kentucky though before he gets fired. Cal Perry's sixty three.
1: Here's what they've done younger than I thought. Not that. Here's what they've done at Kentucky now, football wise. Stoops can be rumored for all these jobs now that are going to be open. And his name will be mentioned. Stoops is 55. And they will match whatever the offer is because that's his value to that program.
0: But he's not going to Atlanta. It's a real long shot. So does he want to go somewhere that he's got a chance to do Uh, that? If Auburn Twelve other schools
1: aren't going to Atlanta, though. Yeah. I mean...
0: But what if one of the schools that has a chance to go to Atlanta opens and wants?
1: Them? I mean, the, the difference well, the though is Auburn
0: better. The footballs.
1: There are football schools that aren't going to Atlanta. He's coaching a basketball school yeah, that I, is picked second in the division to go to Atlanta. I'll give like, there, you one. There's a, there's a difference you, there on what he inherited and what he's built I agree. versus. Well, I'll give you one that that, that
2: he would think long and hard about. I think it's Florida State because that was a talk before when Mike Norvell was in trouble that if they do something there that that is one there's a lot of reporters saying this is one to watch for Mark Stoops. Yeah. Because he had been there before and if Florida State came calling, that's one where you are very clearly a football school and the priority is football, national relevance and another
1: national title at some point. And he believes that he can get to Atlanta. I asked him at SEC Media Days about it. I said, "How do you how do you catch Georgia?" Because for for 10 wins and all the, you know, all of the great uh, accomplishments And recognition that you're receiving, both as a coach and as a program, you still have to catch Georgia. And to what Chad's pointing out, they have to catch Georgia through NIL. They have to reach a monetary level to compete in the recruiting realm of the transfer portal. And uh, that's how they do it while Stoops is still there. It's not through recruiting. It's it's not through high schools. It's through the transfer portal.
2: Those things have to happen, but knowing that Georgia's still going to meet and probably go past— you with, with NIL dollars. Here's the bottom line right now, the way Georgia's rolling, the way Alabama's rolling. You gotta catch lightning in a bottle. You gotta have all of those year things. Year. You gotta have that baseline that's of all it takes. great NIL, a few good years of recruiting, good structure in place. A we Big got the, injury
0: at Georgia. We got
2: the right quarterback at the right time and you, you catch it like Cam Newton and Auburn in two thousand ten. Exactly. And you go on a run and you beat all these teams and you win it all. That that's that's what it's gonna take for Kentucky, Tennessee. I'd put Florida even in that mix right now to catch Georgia the way they're humming along.
1: Hit us up with your thoughts on Twitter at OutKick three um, hundred and sixty. Man, I, it, I mean Stoops. I, I didn't know that guy had it in him to respond that way. Oh, uh, well, he's a unlike,
2: fi- he's a fiery dude. Yeah, you know, but whole, I'm, that whole I'm saying Youngstown, Ohio posse. Gets I'm after saying
1: it. I'm saying publicly though, like with with Calipari there. Um, this program wasn't born on third base, and we. We're built on on uh, 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 hard work, and I'm, again, I'm paraphrasing. We're built on hard work of building a program. Uh, we didn't inherit tradition. I think was the way he phrased it. Now, I would
2: I would like <laughs> to know. That's a fight. Man. Would the yeah. response have been different if Cal just won the national title and didn't oh, lose to St. Sure. Peter's in the first round?
1: Oh, they they tear down the new football facility, or they tear down the sign and put basketball up. Tear uh, down the wall. If they go win the title. <laughs> tear down the wall. <laughs> uh, again, hit us up on uh, socials uh, at OutKick360. Coming up, uh, we discussed the Cowboys. Wentz's last chance. He was asked if this is his last chance uh, going into uh, this season with Washington. And we'll continue our NFL previews looking around the league with the Packers and the Vikings. That's next on OutKick360. Romeo Dobbs and Jawan Winfrey, two names that Aaron Rodgers has been talking about up in Green Bay to help the offense. Outkick 360 rolls on. No Devontae Adams for the Green Bay Packers. Um, They're certainly uh, in need of some star power there. Dobbs has been one of the storylines of camp for Green Bay. Um, They have helped out their defense through the draft. Christian Watson is now off of PUP, so he's going to start to show up in some highlights and reports from Green Bay Packers training camp, but we haven't seen him until now for a team that's coming off a 13-4 season and lost the NFC Divisional Round to San Francisco in the snow. Of course, no Adams, uh, Zedarius Smith, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling is now playing in Kansas City. So, guys, the, the question is, how much... Can Aaron Rodgers do for a group that has lost their big star player in Devontae Adams and for a defense that's going to look to pick up the pace with some young talent?
0: On the one hand, you got to have faith that he turns players into people Dobbs, Christian Watson, uh, Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, uh, Amari Rodgers. You- that you throw those names out and you say that's a decent collection of people for a multiple time MVP to get some stuff out of. And Devonte Adams, part of the reason he's gone, at least is that you yourself cost so much money. So that's the price you pay. Right. But then you start to look at people like Warren Sharp, the analyst who's our, our friend. And he came up with this, which I found fascinating Last two years, Packers have thrown 59 deep targets on third down. 18 of them to Valdez Scantling, 16 of them to Adams, no one else more than eight. Well, third down's the money down for uh, Aaron Rodgers. He's going to have to find somebody else to go to with those deep shots on third down, which are a foundational piece of how the Packers win.
2: Yeah, I mean, I really... It's funny with Aaron Rodgers on offense, I really like the defense of of the Packers. I love the Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt picks defensively. Uh, I thought that was a good group last year that got better and better. So can the defense not carry them? I'm not going to say anyone that's got the two-time defending MVP at quarterback needs to be carried by their defense, but can the defense – win them some games early where they're figuring things out in terms of pass-catching targets for Aaron Rodgers as the season moves along. Where the defense, I think, was improving last year as it went along to allow the offense to improve and figure some things out as the year goes along. That That's a big question mark I have early. I love what they did in the draft defensively, though, with those two first-round picks from Georgia.
0: And let's go to the other unit where Aaron Rodgers is a non-factor, special teams, which have been a disaster for, for most of um, Matt LaFleur's time there and was a reason they lost to San Francisco in that snow game that you mentioned, Hutton. I think Rich Passaccia is getting $2 million a year, or am I overshooting that by a million? He's getting a oh, ton yep. of I mean, money.
2: It's a lot. A
0: ton of money to go there and fix a special teams unit that's been a real problem. He's a great special teams coach who we saw coaching the, the Raiders last year taking over for John Gruden if they cannot blow games on special teams last year, well, maybe you win one or two just from not making mistakes in crucial situations on special teams, no matter what Aaron Rodgers is doing or in the case of the playoffs the last couple of years, not doing.
1: It's not even the return game. It's just, you know, allowing blocked punts and, you know, crucial errors. Um, it was a mess all the way around. Um, I mentioned uh, Romeo Dobbs. He's the rookie out of Nevada. He is uh, factoring in, uh, to special teams on the return game. I don't know if he's in the starting rotation, but he's he's quite the punt returner for sure. And maybe he factors in on kick return as well. You know, the the other questions that come up are... So, uh, they had good news. Uh, Elton Jenkins is back off of PUP. So, he's going to give a boost to that offensive line. Robert Tanyan, he had a knee injury. He's now been elevated off of PUP. We're still waiting on Bakhtiari. And... While we expect that to be something that uh, rolls around by week one, that's kind of the linchpin spot at left tackle. Plus, you have the the offensive line that uh, should be able to get a run game going. But I think they need to rely on their their money in the in the backfield more uh, with Aaron Jones back. Uh, A.J. Dillon's the big back for them, uh, and then they have you know some other depth pieces. But uh, Aaron Jones is definitely someone that can help carry the load a bit while you try to work out a new wide receiving core that includes Sammy Watkins um, and and, uh, Randall Cobbs there. But again, this is a very young group, and they're relying on Christian Watsons, who just now coming into the mix uh, practice-wise.
0: When we talked about the Bears and Lions last week, Hutt, while you were out, we agree that this might be the most predictable division in the league in terms of roster talent, in terms of placement. Packers are, are the best team. The Vikings are probably clearly the second-best team, Lions and Bears, in that order. I'd feel very comfortable stacking a bet that way. It's hard to
2: tear it that way with every division out there so, so clearly yeah. that you can with this one. Um, also, the last time, talking about the defense and some of the young additions for the Packers, last time they finished top five in both scoring defense and total defense was 2010 when they won the Super Bowl. I really like. I think this is a defense that has that type of capability.
0: Yeah, and two guys we didn't mention by name. Rashawn Gary is a guy who's coming on and has been very good. And Jer Alexander is one of the five best cornerbacks in the league. I think he got paid like it. Also, two guys that are keys to that. I think we're all on the same page about this team. Yeah. Um, But look, I'll take drop down from the thirteen wins that they've gotten every year with Matt Lafleur. You can win the division. With 11, probably, yeah. and be in better position for the postseason. And maybe not at home field, but in better position in terms of where you are as a team.
1: Maybe there's Rodgers fatigue with voting for him, but he's the he's, favorite. He, if he ends up with back to back to back MVPs, but one Super Bowl, <sighs> you know, when, I, when I'm saying one Super Bowl victory, not even yeah. appearances over this stretch. Gonna hear about it. Yeah. Uh, but man, what a run just from regular season play and what he's meant to that team and elevating the overall play all the all the focus will be on Adams uh, out in Vegas and the lack of him within that offense but he is a great example of elevating the play around them and if they hit on Watson uh the uh the, the rookie wide receiver they're I think they'll be just fine but again we haven't seen anything with him to this point
2: greatest quarterback ever with one or fewer Super Bowls he's on the list if he ends oh, his yeah. career with one, right? I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm saying he it's yeah, Marino. He's, he's in the debate. It's him. It's he and Marino. It's Jim Kelly. Uh, there's – it's not – I mean, there's a lot of guys who only have one or less fewer Super Bowls, but of that level of player, there's there's not many. Um, Brett Favre.
1: Yeah, Favre as with well. With one. Um, then there's Minnesota. And while I, I agree, I would – if I'm ranking them right now, they're number two in the division – what strikes me as interesting is that there's really no one discussing them. If you're number two in the division, shouldn't they get more run for competing for the top spot in this division? Yeah,
0: and they'd be in a playoff team at the very least.
1: Consider yeah, got I me mean, considering what Green Bay's having to replace. And I bring this up because Kevin O'Connell's the new head coach. He's never called plays. He's about to. And we assume that the offense is going to be improved when the key is going to be their defense. Their defense was a sinkhole. And that is why uh, we we no longer see Zimmer as the head coach in Minnesota. The the side of the football he was known for was atrocious. They were 30th in the league in yards. They gave up a ton of it, which allowed time of possession to favor the opponent and kept their stars on the sideline. Um, Even when they weren't scoring points or they weren't allowing points, drives kept continuing, and their star wide receivers and running back were on the sideline for a vast majority of these games. Um, so they bring in O'Connell. They have Zedaria Smith, who jumps from Green Bay to Minnesota. Harrison Phillips and uh, Lewis Seen is the safety uh, rookie that joins. They they lose Tyler Conklin, uh, who is now a New York Jet, I believe. But guys, other than that, this, this is a defense that will look, now move to a 3-4, multiple looks up front from that stable 4-3 that Zimmer always went with, and you could you could bet on that's what they would do, but not production. And the thought is they're going to be more pass-friendly than run first because O'Connell's calling plays. But he's the unknown. We, we don't know what we don't know about O'Connell and being a head coach and a play caller because he hasn't done either.
0: It had turned into a miserable place by all accounts with Mike Zimmer after a long stretch there and things going south relationship-wise and performance-wise. So O'Connell's got a big chance to breathe some life into the franchise. I think one of the biggest things is it comes from the Rams, and the Rams are, we all know, three-wide crazy, 86% three-wide. The Vikings last year were 47% three-wide. I don't know about their depth at wide receiver, but if Jefferson and Thielen are healthy – and you can get something out of a K.J. Osborne or a Jalen Naylor or Osborne's whoever it good. is.
1: Another good special teamer.
0: You're three wide there, and you change the focus. Yeah. You're running out of three wide some instead of running out of two tight all the time. It changes the face of your offense. Irv Smith, who's a compelling tight end, is now your number one guy, and he was underutilized by a lot of people's accounts. So he's a guy to keep an eye on in this new offense, I think. I think it's kind of a team that's got a chance to be a breath of fresh air kind of team, though I still feel a lot of doubts. Uh, Despite the fact that they're – I agree with you about the defense. I mean, the, the evidence is in. They were plus 21 in sacks, plus 11 in turnovers last year. Those are the kind of things that stand to regress.
1: And you, but that—I mean—you should be winning more games if you're plus eleven. Yeah, they you know? should have. I the, mean, that—but doesn't mean they will now. The way I feel about the Vikings, the way I feel about their starting quarterback,
2: efficient, pretty good, not special. And I—I I think that's that's probably you know, it, look, he was he was good a year ago. The defense was bad. Cousins had a very efficient season. I, I just I can't look at Kirk Cousins and think this guy is going to be a difference maker. That's going to get them over the top in that division or get them to the next level. I, I maybe I'm wrong, but that that's what's that's, holding me back from well, going
1: all in with the Vikings. That's why, you know it, they're very intriguing because there's a while I agree, like there's something holding all of us back on picking the Vikings here, we still have them second in the division. And the quarterback that O'Connell a week helped conference. coach in LA that they went to a Super Bowl with is playing in Detroit. And they have plenty of talent on the offensive side of the ball with a ton of talent in the backfield. Um, and again, I, a wide receiver, you, you talk about a, a one-two combo. It's, it's tough to beat um, rolling out with Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson.
0: Thielen needs to stay healthy. His health yeah, has that, been a little bit of a question. That, that goes without fair. saying in a lot of things. Justin Jefferson could be primed to have a massive, massive year in this new offense.
1: One of the one of the veterans that's on the, the cut block early in camp is Albert Wilson, who they brought in from Miami. I'm he's a veteran he receiver. He hasn't been better. He's like third or fourth on the depth chart at receiver. Um, when I say third, he's not like the third receiver. Got him as the third he's, slot on what I'm looking slotted at. Slotted third behind a group of some younger players um, that you wouldn't pick out of a lineup. And that's could be a great sign for Minnesota, but at the same time um, that's a veteran that they may end up, may end up cutting. You're like, what's, what's going on with the Vikings? But he's apparently, I think it's a foregone conclusion based on where they have him, unless there's some type of injury there. Um, anything stand out from them in the preseason game? There wasn't much uh, from the headline ranks of, on that. Uh, but again, they, they they've got, w- with O'Connell, and like, they're, they're going to work in some of their guys, and they have a joint practice coming up, I believe with the 49ers this week. I think that this is the week that they host the 49ers. This will be a key week for O'Connell in that offense. It's funny that the uh, it, it's starting to feel like the the
2: Rams young assistants just all kind of run together. like I feel like Kevin O'Connell could be two or three other coaches in the league when I, when we describe him, yeah, in his background. his
0: youth is a lot like yeah. Zach Taylor. yes. I mean, you look at that picture, and it looks
2: like, uh, who's look that, who's that kid that stole the headset? Is this Zach Taylor's brother that's coaching the, the, the Vikings? Trick,
1: the trick, is, yeah, to me, the, the, there's really no trick to it, honestly. Justin Jefferson can make any quarterback look great. Yes. So just get him the football, and he will break open. Adam Thielen's pretty good at that, too. Yeah, but it, unlike but what Paul, Paul brought up, a good point. I mean, if you have him in fantasy, and many of our listeners will, chances are Thielen's going to miss four to Some seven looks. games. Due to a hamstring yeah. injury or something, uh, and seven's on the heavy end. But you feel like he misses about a quarter of the season every year, and it's it's scattered throughout.
2: Jefferson is a beast. He's a difference maker. Yep. Kirk I mean, Cousins and that is the model. Good player, not necessarily a difference maker. Jefferson's a difference maker,
0: and that's the model. We've talked a lot about this: uh, trading your top receiver and drafting the replacement. That's the model. If you can trade Stephon Diggs and get yourself Justin Jefferson, go ahead. Trade trade your stunt.
1: I mean, it ended up being a, a win-win. Yeah. I mean, because uh, Diggs, on average, he gets 25 more targets per season than what he was getting in Minnesota, now in Buffalo. But yet, you end up with Justin Jefferson in Minnesota.
0: And the price is less. And maybe they have a play caller now less.
1: where you get the 25 targets back, too.
0: Yeah, that was a very interesting trade. And like you're saying, uh, both teams couldn't be happier with the way they wound up.
1: Uh, speaking of uh, founding, uh, being able to to find their guys, uh, w- let's get into Notre Dame. The Irish, the AP Top 25 poll out this morning, they're predicted fifth. They're currently fifth in the AP poll. They've selected their quarterback as they head to Ohio State. We'll discuss who that is and why. And we'll get into Carson Wentz and Washington and approve it year after a trade that it's very similar to this Minnesota one we're talking about where the Colts get Matt Ryan and Washington feels like they upgraded at the position too. That's next to now kick 360. It took a total of eight practices. Alk 360 rolls on. But Freeman and the Irish, they have their starting quarterback in Tyler Buckner, sophomore. Uh, he was favored to win the job, but I don't know if he was favored to win the job eight days in. And after the first big scrimmage, they've gone ahead and named him the starter. He beat out uh, Drew, Drew Pine, uh, who is a junior, I believe, and elevated now going into his junior season. I think this is key in why they did it when they did. They don't have a warm-up week, quote-unquote, at at Notre Dame. They're right out of the gate. They are on the road against Ohio State. And I think that's important because they need their quarterback to gel however much they can with the wide receivers that are now— I mean, they're already lacking depth at that position. And they they just lost Avery Davis— uh, to a knee injury, I believe, over the weekend. So, and he's a guy who only had 27 catches coming back, but he was going to play a big factor into their passing game. And it's not much of one right now. And I think, uh, based on the skill level and the talent and the options, Buckner is more dual threat. I expect uh, early on the Irish to be more run heavy and try to control the clock and keep possessions to a minimum for both teams. That will be the game plan going. To Ohio State, I'm not saying it works, but that's what they're working with with the wide receiver wide receiver issues that they have. They're going to have to rely on the offensive line, the run game, and they should at Notre Dame. That's I mean that's nothing new, but they don't have that true big time talent that they're going to be throwing to on the outside to pair with a young quarterback. This is a sophomore paired with what is a a, a wide receiver core that is lacking experience. So they named him early. If he's clear out of the gate, don't keep the job open too long. Just name it and go on, and you've got your number one, and you give him all the number one reps.
2: Yeah, he only threw 35 passes last year and some spot duty. He he was a runner. You mentioned he's a dual-threat guy. Uh, 46 rushing attempts, three touchdowns, 336 yards on the ground. So when Notre Dame utilized him, it was typically on the ground as a quarterback, a four-star guy coming out of high school. USC, Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, all were hard after him. So a big-time recruit, talented guy. And I think if there's ever any uncertainty, if you've got two options, especially in the college game, and there's any uncertainty about the timing or your big play potential at receiver or any of that, you always err on the side of the dual-threat guy if that's the way you're going to go. Because if there's any question marks about the fluidity of your offense and how you're going to go deep down the field – You go with the guy who can get you out of trouble with his legs. And I think that's what Notre Dame's doing, especially, like you said, Hutton, when they come out of the gates in Columbus, Ohio, against Ohio State.
0: After Ohio State, they host Marshall, they host Cal, they're at UNC. It's a pretty good three-game stretch before they're at BYU, which could be a pretty damn good game. So you survive Ohio State in some way, shape, or form. I think we're all not expecting good things there. Then he's got three games where you th- would think he would find some footing before BYU, which I would think would be a, another really good challenge.
1: Yep. And uh, I I feel terrible for, for Davis, their wide receiver, because he, he just tore his ACL on his right knee, mm-hmm. and he he tore his left knee in the ACL on his left knee. It was November of last year. So he worked to come back, and he's coming back as a guy who – they're they're relying on it was going to get plenty of looks and now it's it's both knees. It just sucks.
0: A high percentage of that other knee during the the comeback or shortly after recovery from the first knee. It's really. Devastating that a guy has to go through the healing process. Twice. I saw
2: a um, a list of the teams in FBS that are not playing a single FCS team. They're not going down a level at all. I know I Notre love Dame. These teams. Notre Dame is one of them, not playing a single FCS team. I applaud. Um,
1: <laughs> Notre Dame has too many. Uh, yeah, too, I mean. Uh, Although next year uh, they're not playing FCS, Clemson,
0: USC, they have
1: too many of the traditional games to work in uh, the FCS.
2: I mean, if you're looking for like the bye weeks for Notre Dame this year, it's Marshall, UNLV, and uh, by the way, Harrison Bailey I think is going to be the starter at UNLV, the Tennessee transfer, Navy, and Navy, but they get Navy every year. That's an annual game. But I mean. I don't want to play Navy. No, <laughs> do no. you? I, wants. I don't look at that as
1: a bye week. If you're N- playing Navy, they're playing. Aren't they playing TSU next year? That's right. That, yeah. That'll Open, change next year. Opener, I think. Right? Yeah, yeah. So they, they have uh, they have Eddie George's TSU Tigers.
2: Unless Eddie George is jumping into a time machine and suiting up in that game, <laughs> that could be a long afternoon for uh, the, the Tigers.
1: Good for the program.
2: that's oh, for sure. great for the program. They have to have it. Great job I mean, getting
1: it done. It's get a million dollars plus. To get a game scheduled
2: in South Bend for TSU. That's a huge win just to yes. get that
1: game. Yes. Um, Plenty of headlines over the final hour of today's show. Uh, Caleb Williams, the new quarterback at USC, who followed Lincoln Riley there, um, he says he's ready for the pressure, to handle the pressure out in Hollywood. Meanwhile, Lincoln Riley uh, making uh, some headlines, at least uh, south in Oklahoma, because he says Oklahoma, whenever he started to look on the horizon isn't built uh, structurally like within the facilities they're set up to fail at Oklahoma and the SEC and that has plenty of people talking there so does the interview with Carson Wentz uh, and a one-on-one he had in Washington Uh, we will discuss the commander's quarterback and what's at stake for him this year and for Rivera that's all straight ahead big hour discussing tons of football on the Outkick Network this is Outkick 360 from 6th and Peabody